You are listening to From Sobriety to Recovery with Jesse Mogul, episode 92. Let's get to the show. Welcome back to From Sobriety to Recovery. I am your host, Jesse Mogul, and I am in addiction recovery. As always, it is an honor. It is a privilege. It is a pleasure to be here on the microphone talking to you this holiday week. Here we go. The holidays are upon us. It's why we did the communication summit two weeks ago. It's what we were leading up to, how to have these amazing conversations with your friends and family and really be able to step into the holidays and really enjoy them for what they are. Right, their opportunity to give thanks, an opportunity to reflect upon this year. I know it's been tough. Oh my goodness! Every time I reach out to you guys, I wonder what it is that you're hearing, what your last week has been like for you to see it. When you look around, what does your town look like in comparison to what my town, you know, Los Angeles, Hollywood looks like? It is quieter around Los Angeles than I'm used to. And at the same time, it's got this feeling of grime. (laughs) Like people have been hiding out for so long that we haven't been paying attention to the world around us and it just seems dirtier than normal. Um, It is one of the reasons why I left Hollywood and moved out to the Valley. Um, I still have a place there and don't frequent it very often, but certainly it is still uh, there just because of issues with leases and COVID and all this other stuff. But as I begin to think about how I'm going to wrap up the rest of this year, and we bring you on this journey that we've been going on over the last couple episodes of getting back to basics, this episode in my Trello board where I keep my notes for the episodes, is this, this episode is entitled Cause and Effect in my Trello notes. What it's going to be titled once I get it into Podbean is beyond me. I think about that later. I don't figure that out now. But it's called Cause and Effect. And I'm going to take a picture of the notes that I came up with for this. But the, the whole idea of how what sparked this idea for this episode was me listening to an episode of the Life Coaching School with Brooke Castillo. Longtime listeners of the show, you know who I'm referencing. You've probably already gone and checked out some of her episodes because I talk about her so frequently. And so I I literally was listening to this episode of her podcast on the way into work the other day. I'm still doing a couple days uh, a week at my old job. And needless to say, my brain was just firing on all cylinders. But so when you see these notes, I'll post it up in in uh, my Instagram and my stories, and it'll be under podcast. Look for that little circle on the profile that says podcast, and that's where I'll keep this picture so that you guys can see <laughs> the scribblings of a madman. And so this is a bit of a hodgepodge, and we're just going to sort of freewheel it, freestyle it. I almost said freebase it. Not really sure why I would have gone with that term for a so- during a sobriety show, but <laughs> not sure why I would have thought of that at all, but actually... Um, It's all about what is it that you're choosing to change in your life? You know, I think as much as I thought that the, and I still think, not thought, I think that the review that was left for me on iTunes was absolutely comical. And I've since passed it on and had many of my friends go and read this, this, uh, 
review left by someone. Most of the reviews are like one or two sentences. This person wrote a diatribe um, expounding upon my sexist nature, I suppose. But when you read what he wrote, you're going to clearly see he was projecting. And so we're going to talk about projecting in this episode as well. But the guy was living in complete effect, as if he had no control over his life, over the choices that he makes. And at one point, I think it even said that, you know, when we all get sober, we all don't have a podcast and we all have a book and all have these things. Maybe the book wasn't part of it. I don't want to just start making things up. But basically, he was saying, like, we don't have all these things he has to be looking forward to. And I remember thinking that it's like, I didn't have any of these things either. Nothing that I currently am doing was anything more than just an idea that I started tossing around in my head as I sat there in these uh, addiction recovery classes, in these meetings at Kaiser Permanente. As I went off and learned and created, I thought, well, what am I going to do with all this knowledge? I went to school for broadcasting. I went to school for journalism. So I clearly like having a microphone in front of me. I clearly like writing and telling stories and passing along information that I've learned. It has always been what I've wanted to do. And so putting up a podcast just seemed like a natural thing. Like I'd already started one before called Everything's Interesting with Jesse Mogul. And you can find that in the archives. Um, Just search for Everything's Interesting with Jesse Mogul. And it's It's just me freestyling about whatever I find interesting that week. And so I already knew about how to put together a podcast. So reading all the cool stuff that I read and then creating this podcast, to me, it just seemed like a natural turn. Like, have you ever had those moments in your life where you look around and when somebody's like, well, why'd you choose to do that? Why did you choose that career? Why did you make that choice with that person? Or why did you choose to move somewhere Hell, even why I chose to get sober, I, it just seemed to me like the natural thing to do. Like, there's a part of me that was like, I didn't really have any choice. I didn't have any choice to get sober. It was get sober or die. I didn't have any choice to give to, to do a podcast. I had all this information in my head, and it was just, it was just making my brain hurt. <laughs> right? Like, you had a choice, but not really, right? Like, it just seemed like natural. Like, oh, why, why did you do I don't know. Just... I mean, that just seemed like the, all my energy was leading me that way, right? Have you ever started a workout plan or have you ever started uh, communicating with somebody differently or decided to take it on a new job and, and somebody's like, wow, where did you get the energy or the inspiration to do that? It just seemed, it, it, it's, it's like, I hesitate to say that didn't feel like there was a choice because, right, this is cause and effect. Everything's a choice. I'm going to say that here in a little bit in regards to my notes, everything is a choice. You choose to change. You choose to stay or go. You you choose to quit or continue. We all have that choice. But doesn't it feel like sometimes the energy is just pushing you naturally in a certain direction? It's like you're in this river current and you're like, yeah, oh yeah, I like this current. And before you know it, this current's got you doing all this cool stuff in your life. And you're like, okay, totally. I didn't even know that these were options, but I'm really glad that these are the options I have up for me to choose from. That's what I have in front of me. Everything that I have created, being an NLP master trainer, having a best-selling book, having two very successful podcasts, having 
coaching clients and having workshops that I put on and, and, and be, having you guys as my audience and the amazing messages that you write, uh, especially like on your two-year wedding anniversary or on your four-year soberversary or, you know, your kid's birthday party that you didn't even remember from the year before, but all of a sudden you remember this year because now you're sober. Like when you write me these messages and, and you, you let me know that I've played a part in you getting to where you where you are and where you're going to continue to go. Like even now, as I'm talking about this, I, I've got like these, these, uh, these body shivers, like these chills, just like not just on my arms, but they're in my shoulders and they're on my back and they're, they're running down my legs into my toes. Like it just, just seeing and repeating those messages I've received recently is it's, where, what else was I supposed to be doing? There's no place I would rather be. So when we start thinking about cause and effect, we realize that you have the choice to choose whether you're living in the cause or the effect. I was late because of traffic is living in cause. Stepping into effect and being like, yeah, I was late. Traffic wasn't great. But you know what? I also snoozed three times. I also didn't prepare my notes before the meeting. I also didn't have all my clothes laid out and have my backpack prepared. I couldn't find my keys. Like if you live in effect and you realize that you are the, you are the, everything you do is what happens. It's that, that is, you did something, the effect was this. If you live in effect, then you take on the responsibility of your choices. If everything is happening to you, then you're living in this cause, right? Oh, you know, that was on somebody else. That wasn't me. And Brooke Castillo had this quote in her show. It says, once you know there's a better way, it is up to, up to you to change it from there. Now, she was re- referencing her marriage dissolving, and I didn't know this about her until she had mentioned it in the episode, but, you know, to each his own, I have no idea what was going on in her life that would have led to that decision. But I know that she's a person who thinks before she leaps. She puts a lot of in-depth thought into the choices that she makes. She's very heart-centered in what she does, and and she practices what she preaches. So I have no doubt she took an enormous amount of time to reflect upon why it was necessary to make that change in her life. So I would say to you, are you doing the same? When it's time to make those big decisions, are you doing them from an unemotionally triggered place? Right? Are you emotionally grounded so that you can respond? Or are you behaving emotionally triggered so that you're reacting? I have to battle with this a lot, mostly when people start bringing up politics to me and they're reading, you know, algorithm-driven conspiracy theories. It, it, it It just makes my brain get a little wacky. But I just remember to ground myself breathe in and realize that I can't control what other people are doing. They can live in this cause world where everything they read is causing their life rather than understanding that everything that they do is what is affecting their life. So when you know there is a better way, it is up to you to change it from there. And if you think that it's anybody else's, then what you're doing is you're just giving up your power. Do you really want to give up your power? Nobody, in truth, wants to just hand over the keys of their life to somebody else and say, sure, whatever you decide. 
that's not taking responsibility. See, cause is the reason that something happened. The effect is what actually happened. So when you take cause plus effect, you get the explanation for why something happened. If you're looking for ways to identify cause and effect whenever it is occurring out of your mouth or around you, look for key words like so, because, therefore, if then, cause, effect, literally the words cause and effect, how, without, explain, therefore. Did I already say therefore? I could have already said therefore. Cause is why something happens and the effect is what happens. So if you are taking responsibility for your actions, then you are taking responsibility for what happens in your life, you're in effect. If you're sitting around blaming the cause of why it happened and not asking yourself what role you played in it, then you're robbing yourself of the opportunity to take responsibility for your actions. And when you don't take responsibility for your actions and you blame somebody else, then you ultimately can't change what happened to you. Because then you're sitting here saying, well, that wouldn't have happened to me if this person. I wouldn't have been arrested if that cop hadn't been hiding behind that tree while I was pissing on the building. Okay. (laughs) But you drink all those drinks, you stumbled down the road, and then you pissed on the building. So you're going to blame the cop for being wherever the cop was, even though you're the one pissing on the building. I'm not saying that I have five or ten of those exact things that have happened in my life. I'm just saying that I was a I, I had I got I got the stainless steel bracelets over ten times in my college career. Um, I had a couple really bad years. <laughs> the point being is that you know I wouldn't have gotten pulled over drinking and driving had that car in front of me not been going so slow, or had that car you know not use their turn signal or short stopped. Well, whatever you want to blame, you were the one who drank too much and got behind the wheel of the car. I wouldn't have been late for work had my kids been ready on time. There's a lot of things that you could do to get your kids prepared to leave on time, especially sitting them down, letting them know that you being late to work is not acceptable by your boss. Right, so there's a way to live in cause and a way to live in effect, and you're gonna feel you're gonna feel comfortable in whichever one you are in because you're gonna have yourself convinced that that's the world you need to be living in. I've watched some people take responsibility for things that aren't even their fault. Literally, they may not even have been at work that day, but they're such they're so in effect that they take they take the responsibility for things they had nothing to do with. Because they think in their minds, well, you know, if I'd have told this person, if I'd have made it clear about the directions, if I'd have really helped them out, I'm like, well, that's super commendable that you think all that, but you're also taking the responsibility from that person because they're the ones who did it. They need to accept responsibility too. So like I said earlier, you choose to change. You choose to stay or go like Brooke had to do with her husband, right? You choose to quit or continue like we all have done with alcohol and drugs, right? You choose to quit, or you choose to continue. When you invite others into, this is where everything's just going to sort of go off and I'm just going to like be hodgepodging around. The next thing I wrote down on my notes is when you invite others into the space of where you made a decision, you invite their energy and their opinion into the decision that you're making. 
I had a I had somebody very close to me, you know, beautiful, beautiful, lovely friend, who argued with me relentlessly about whether I was an alcoholic in October of 2016, and this is a few months before I got sober. And I just remember thinking, like, why on earth is this person trying to argue with me about whether I'm an alcoholic or not? Now, mind you, we were on about three boxes of wine at the time. But still, why is this person so adamantly trying to convince me that I'm not an alcoholic? Is it because she doesn't see what how I really drink? Is it, is it because she doesn't know as, as much about me as she thinks she does? Is she worried about having to question her own drinking habits and her own way of being? I don't know. I've never gone back and tried to discuss that with them. I just let that one lie. This like lay, let it lay down, let it sleeping dogs lie kind of mentality. But it did make me wonder because she wasn't the only one. So when I would ask other people, "Do you think I'm an alcoholic? Do you think I should quit?" and then they would give me their response, I invited them in, right? I invited their opinion in. I invited their energy in. The only people I really wanted to hear from were the ones who were like, are you kidding me? Of course you are. What the hell is your problem? Go to frickin' a hospital and check into a clinic before you die. That's all I really wanted to hear. I just wanted people to confirm the bias I already had towards my own behavior. When someone tried to go against that bias, they didn't want to confirm what I was already thinking. Then I would sit there and just look at them like, what the hell is your problem? What is wrong with you? Of course I'm an alcoholic. Let's go. My bedroom right now has got like 60-some empty wine bottles, and like it looks like a frat party. There's pizza boxes, and I'm pretty sure I saw ants. And I definitely know that there's beer bottles everywhere, and it don't even begin to pull that box out from underneath my bed where I, where I keep my shoes because there's a very good chance there's about 20 empty pint bottles of Jack Daniels and Jameson. Ask yourself, where are you inviting others into your space where you're making decisions that's allowing them to put their opinions and their energy into what you are looking to create? And then ask yourself, if somebody says something on the contrary to what you were hoping to hear about this change that you're looking to make, are they doing this as a projection of their own lack of something? Right? If you tell somebody, hey, I'm going to quit my job and I'm going to start my own business, I'm going to sell dog treats that are totally organic and they're super awesome and this is going to be such a cool thing. I'm just tired of being a chef and this is what I want to do with my life now. If you are telling that to people who are used to the nine-to-five job, who follow the script that society has laid down, where you go off and you become an employee and, you're, and you are at the mercy of somebody else as your boss for the rest of your life, if this is the life that they've signed up for, there's a good chance they are not going to want to get on board with this idea of quitting your job to make organic dog treats. <laughs> I literally have a friend doing this right now, and I think it's the coolest thing ever, and I totally support it. But I'm also the kind of person who kept being a waiter his entire life because I didn't want to step into the 9-to-5 world. I like waiting tables. I like constantly moving around. I like having new people that I meet every single day and getting used to walking up to the table cold and getting them to like me because I'm nice and I tell jokes and I smile and I give them amazing service and I'm a part of their memory whenever they go back home and they say, man, that waiter at the hotel where we had breakfast seven days in a row was was a cool dude. I've had so many people take pictures of me so they could add me to their scrapbooks. I enjoy that. I don't want to clock in and clock out at a nine to five job. 
where I'm sitting at a desk and just typing into a computer all the time. Some people like that. Some people have chosen that. That's great. I'm a firm believer that every single person on this planet, they all, they all are here for a reason. When you look down upon the person working at the gas station or, 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 or flipping the pizzas or the burgers or what I guess they don't flip people, they don't flip pizzas, they throw them and they flip burgers. But either way, everybody needs to exist. I once saw a cool meme that read, even if everybody had a PhD and college diplomas, you would still need somebody to take out your garbage and you need, still need somebody to deliver your pizzas. I made a comment about garbage men about 20 episodes ago, and one of the listeners, one of y'all out there, hit me up and said something to the effect that it sounded like I was disparaging garbage men. And I'm telling you, as somebody who once did that over the summer, I have the ultimate respect for that gig. That is a tough, tough gig. Oh, yeah, it was in reference to you can make a million dollars doing anything. And somebody, I remember telling that to, to somebody during a workshop once. They're like, how are you going to make a million dollars as a garbage person? I'm like, you start your own company or you buy your own trucks. I was like, if you're willing to step out of the space of just being an employee and you start becoming the person who is the employer, you can make a million bucks doing it. I think all jobs are amazing because every job is necessary. Going for a walk the other day, there's, there's, there's the lawnmower people in the neighborhood blowing leaves with a leaf blower and picking them up with rakes. And I thought, man, that has got to seem like a tireless job because the leaves never stop coming. <laughs> they clean it part of the sidewalk and like five minutes later, there, was, there are more leaves that fall out of the tree. I'm, I'm going into this little jocular part of the show specifically to, to say that if you're making a decision where you're looking to step outside of this world that you have created where people are used to knowing you and they're used to your behaviors and your actions and you walk in and all of a sudden you got sober and now you want to quit your job or you want to start a new relationship with the kind of person that you've never dated before or you want to sell all your belongings and go bohemian or you want to start investing in cryptocurrencies or the stock market, whatever it might be, if you go around and you start asking people their opinion of that, be prepared for it not to be the opinion that you're hoping for. And if it really matters to you, then why do you need anybody else's opinion? You don't need anyone else's energy in your space when you're making a decision that you really want to make. If you don't really want to make the decision and you're looking for people to talk you out of it, then think about that before you go around asking a bunch of people if you should quit your job and start selling organic cookie treats. Because if you have to ask 50 people to find out whether you should really do it, you may not really want to do it. But if you don't need to ask anyone and you're sitting at home one day and you have this epiphany to start making doggy treats and then you tell me about it one day and I'm like, well, that's super cool. Are you going to make them organic? People love that kind of stuff. If you make organic doggy treats, you can charge a few dollars more for them, and people are all into that. Because Alpo and Purina, they make ones that aren't organic, but you make ones that are organic, and now you'll stand out. And make them in real fun shapes, and make them so tasty that humans could eat them. So, he took a little bit of my advice. He already had the idea, and he made it start making them organic, and they actually, I've tasted them. They're delicious. It's made with real human food. Uh, they're really tasty. <laughs> My girlfriend made organic doggy treats for Buddy the other day, and she put peanut butter icing on them. And, I mean, it's just normal human food. It's not like there's dog chow in it or anything. And so <laughs> I take a bite, 
And I'm like, mm, buddy, this is delicious. And I give him the other half. So he only gets half of a dog treat when I give them to him. But <laughs> I digress. Um, this isn't going to be one of those episodes where you're like, every single second he blew my mind. <laughs> but I think the parts of this episode that should stick out, and I hope that they do, is that when you decide to make a decision for yourself, you make it for yourself. All right, And then ask yourself when you're explaining why you're going to quit your do- job as a chef to become a dog cookie maker. Are you, whenever you tell people about why you're doing it, the reason for why you're doing it, when you tell them what you're planning to do, do you lie about your motivation? Do you say something like, well, you know, the job was dead end or my boss hates me or they were going to furlough me anyways because of COVID? Or are you just up front and say, look, I don't want to be a chef for the rest of my life. I love cooking, and I think making organic dog treats sounds like a pretty awesome way to create something in a kitchen and be able to bring value to the world and at the same time bring some, you know, bring some money in my pocket. We all have to eat. There is no such thing as a free lunch. Somebody is paying for it. So when you go to make an amazing decision, right? Like it could be your sobriety. When I first got sober, I really played up the fact that I thought I was going to die. And I really played up the fact that I was going broke doing it. Now, my health conditions were real. Like when I checked myself in and they took a blood test, they were like, wow, you, your kidney and liver are failing. Are you like you are yellow. You are, <laughs> your nose is bleeding for no reason. And I had quit Coke years before. So I have no idea why my nose was bleeding all the time. I was blacking out constantly wetting my bed because I would be so hardcore blacked out. So the health reasons were there. My finances were in disarray. But there was also a part of me that just didn't want to live like that anymore, that I thought I was being stupid and young and immature and acting the fool. And I just, I couldn't look at myself in the mirror and be happy with that person who was looking back any longer. That was, to me, the main motivation, that I was disgusted by myself. I was disgusted by myself. And it gets to a point where I couldn't blame anybody else for who who was looking back at me. I couldn't blame Crohn's disease and my mother's illness. I couldn't couldn't blame my workaholic stepdad who never showed me love except with a receipt or a belt. I couldn't blame my biological father. I couldn't blame anybody but myself. And so when I stepped in to the decision to quit, that was the motivation. But I didn't tell people that. I blamed it on my health, and I blamed it on my finances. And when people ask me uh, why I wasn't drinking when I first went out, I'd say things like, I got to work early in the morning, or I'm on medication. I, I, th- there was a shame around being sober. I definitely am not like that now. In fact, I think after about three to six months, that pink elephant or that blue cloud or whatever was so amazing. I felt like I was silver surfer. I was just riding so high. Somebody's like, why aren't you drinking? Because I quit, bitch! <laughs> What the five fingers say to the face? What? No more beer, bitch. (laughs) 
I was trying to, off the top of my head, come up with a joke that had been like, what the five fingers say to the face, like, we're not bringing beer to you anymore or something. I don't know. But instead, this this whole Dave Chappelle <laughs> skit came out of my mouth. The point is, because <laughs> I swear there is one, is that you don't need to make excuses for why you're making a change in your life that you think will work. And if for some reason it doesn't go according to plan, if for some reason things go off the rails, then whatever, you tried it. I went all in on cryptocurrencies three years ago and lost my ass on them, and they're finally waking up. And I may or may not finally be able to at least get out of them what I originally invested. But that was on me to make that decision. And no matter how many people have told me that I didn't do well with my money then, I don't frankly care. I'll put out 14,000 of these podcasts and maybe only 27% of them have 17% of content that people should listen to. I've made changes in people's lives because I'm actively making changes in my own. How can you be a role model for how somebody else should live their life or how somebody else should behave in the world when you can't do the things that are true to you? And I don't want to hear none of this. Oh, I didn't ask to be a role model. I don't want to be a role model. That's not my responsibility here. It doesn't it is not your choice. Athletes a while back ago, I remember were being questioned about their choices and they're like, "Hey, I didn't ever ask to be a role model." Well, guess what? You play ball and you get paid 20 million dollars a year to do it. Uh you don't have to get hired to be a role model. Congratulations. You were just given the job. You don't get to choose to be a role model. (laughs) That is not an application process for that. You are literally influencing people all around you all the time, whether you want to be or not. So influence them positively by doing the things for yourself that show them that you have the courage to step outside of your comfort zone into your uncomfort zone. And we talked about this a few episodes ago. Do you want to be uncomfortably comfortable where you're in your comfort zone, but you hate it? Or do you want to be comfortably uncomfortable where you're just so used to stepping outside into your uncomfort zone that you actually are more comfortable being outside the box? Don't lie about your motivation. Don't lie about your reasons. Be upfront. Say to somebody, I just want to live differently. Whatever's happening here isn't working for me. And I'm going to go over here now and do something different. They can be on board or they cannot be on board. That is their energy. That is their lack. That is whatever it is. Sometimes your parents will say something. They'll they'll want to keep you safe. Don't quit your 9 to 5 job. Keep your 9 to 5 job. Your 9 to 5 job is a guaranteed paycheck. And you'll have health insurance and everything will be great. Except for the fact that you'll have to work somewhere for 30 years and hate every single day of it. (laughs) My parents used to tell me, uh, my stepmother in particular, she would say something like, I just don't understand how people are leaving AT&T. They have such good health insurance. I'm like, (laughs) but you yourself have said at times that the job is miserable. (laughs) But I guess you have a $50 copay, so that's totally worth having the rest of your life be miserable for. There are other ways to work that out. 
go find another job that you like better that also has health insurance. That was always my thought was like, you know, this isn't the only job that gives you health insurance. (laughs) You can get health insurance from a myriad of jobs. (laughs) You should go find one that you like. (laughs) Don't stay somewhere. Over something as silly as health insurance. I Look, I say silly. When my face smashed at the, onto the bottom of the ocean at the beginning of May, and I would have been handled and would have been handed a twenty-some thousand dollar bill, but instead it was a fifty-dollar copay because my insurance is so mac. Trust me when I say <laughs> any flippant comment about insurance, it's just in jest because I'm I'm laughing so much during this episode. I assure you, I understand the importance of health insurance, especially in a COVID world, but. Don't let that be what makes you stay at a place that you can't stand. What kind of example are you setting for the people around you? You bitch about your job every day. You hate every single second of it, but you won't do anything to change. And then you probably have the audacity to give these other people opinions about what they should be doing with their life. As if you have any right to tell somebody else how to live their life when you aren't even happy with how you're living yours. I think about this a lot when I give y'all advice or tips, tricks, hacks, whatever it might be. Sometimes I've had to step away from the mic after the show and be like, okay, am I really practicing what I preach? Whenever I get emotionally triggered and begin to react, am I breathing in deep, taking a few seconds and really harnessing my own power to make sure that I'm responding? Am I really taking a step back and and being self-aware and having the emotional self-management that I talked to y'all about? When I find a lack of me doing that in my life, I put an intense amount of focus on it to make sure that I turn it into a new habit to do it the way that I think leads me to the best version of myself. I want to talk about spellcasters before we get out of here on this one because this is something my energy healer, Debbie, yeah, Team Jesse has a lot of freaking people on it. I got a therapist. I got an energy healer. I got a love coach. I've got a, a personal trainer. I've got a myriad, uh, just a, not even a myriad. I'm not even sure what the definition of myriad is. I feel like it's a synonym for cornucopia, which I'm not even sure what the definition for cornucopia is. But I feel like it's a hodgepodge of things inside of a basket. <laughs> I am really fighting going over to the laptop right now and Googling the definitions of these things. I swear to you, I'm fighting it so hard. Anyways, I move on. Spellcaster, energy healer, Debbie. Back to the point, Jess. It is something that she enlightened me to a little bit some time ago. And I really like the way that she describes this because she, you know, now this is like literally off the top of my head and I'm going to do my best to make sure that I get it out in a way that makes sense the first time I explain it. But she talks about spellcasters as being the people who will try to convince you of something and because it's based on their own perspective of life. So somebody might try to tell you that, oh, well, you know, that's how those people behave because that's how those people behave. Or, you know, you can't quit your job because... Being an entrepreneur is going to be lead you to you know failure and heartache and yada 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 yada, right? They're going to tell you, oh, this isn't possible because, and it's going to be based on something in their own lives. And so, when you, I swear I'm not doing as good of a job at this as I'd hoped. 
when you start looking around your life at the people who don't support the ideas that you have, remember that I'm bringing to you the noun spellcaster and ask yourself, what is the motivation that these people might have for trying to convince you otherwise of something that you feel very strongly about? It could be about love. It could be about pet ownership. It could be about your job. Anything within your career, your physical, you know, is it physically active versus being more stagnant, like office job versus construction, right? Is it something about your emotions? Is it your emotional maturity, your self-awareness, your self-management? Is it something within your relationships? You know, a lot of our relationships, those people act as spellcasters at times. Because they try to, it's like, and again, it's like they're trying to cast a spell over you. Like, this is the way I believe. This is my opinion about it. And you should believe my opinion because my opinion is correct. Because it's been my opinion for my whole life. So obviously, I believe it. You should too. If you allow other people to convince you how to behave or how to act or what your opinion on something should be or what your belief system should be or what you should value, And now we're going to come back all the way to the beginning of the episode. You are releasing your power to them. Somebody's model of the world, their perspective of life, their point of view is exactly that. It is their point of view. When you see somebody walking down the street and they're wearing like loud, obnoxious clothes and purple hair, and you might immediately think, well, that person probably believes in this and this and this, and they're probably this and this and this. You don't know diddly. You don't know squat. You do not know what that person has accumulated in their life from their experiences to lead them to want to wear loud, bright, colorful clothes and dye their hair purple. I personally think those people tend to be pretty freaking awesome. Now, I've lived in Hollywood. I've known a lot of people who dress and have hair like I have just mentioned, and not all of them are awesome. But I frankly give everybody the benefit of the doubt. (laughs) The point being is if I were to make a snap judgment about that person and immediately believe something negative or nefarious about them, I'm robbing myself of the opportunity to get to know another human being, have empathy for the life that they've led that led them to these choices. And has this episode, I just, I mean, literally I've been pacing back and forth this whole time. I just now realize we've gotten to 38 minutes and I feel like it's just been a hodgepodge, cornucopia, <laughs> myriad of topics. <laughs> I'm going to get you guys out of here on this. We're going to talk more about spellcasters. I'll go back to Debbie. I'll ask her for a better definition so I don't sound like a jabroni when I bring it up next time. But I really wanted to bring that to y'all because there are going to be times in your life where somebody very close to you that you trust, that has meant a lot to you in your life, is going to spend an inordinate amount of time, an unnecessary amount of time, a crazy amount of time trying to convince you of something that you don't really want to believe, that you don't even really want to have in your head. And when this is happening, when you see somebody who is just trying to pound their opinion, their belief system into your head, no matter what it is about, That is a red flag for a spellcaster. It is either they're looking for confirmation of their predetermined bias towards a particular topic, 
or they are or they they just literally think well you know what if this person doesn't believe the way that I do and I believe so strongly about this then I don't know if I can trust this person or like this person whatever you don't like right like you don't know what's going through their head when they're spending all this time trying to convince you of something you just now are aware of it because I brought it to your attention and this world is full of 7 billion people and not any one of us thinks exactly alike and that is the beauty of this planet. It is also the problem that we're having that we don't have empathy for how other people were raised, how other people were brought up, right? All of us are swimming in a sea of limiting beliefs and and, and pre-programmed habits and beliefs and values and, and, and behaviors that were programmed to, into us at a young age. And if we haven't taken a really gigantic spotlight and shown it down upon ourselves and really asked ourselves, why do I believe this? What is my experiences that has led me to think this? And then if not to change it, but to just be aware of why I've chosen it, then we're missing out on an opportunity for real deep personal growth. When you shine a light on who you are and your behaviors and your actions and your beliefs and your values and why you're, why you're making these amazing changes in your life, it doesn't mean that you have to then go change anything that you've shown a light upon. It just means that you now you're like, oh, okay, I believe this because of this experience. And that, that experience we're talking about, it might just be based on your own individual experience or there might be more of a collectivism where it's more about what you've what you've experienced a couple of times, and now you're projecting upon a group. But either way, if you find these spellcasters in your life trying to convince you otherwise of something that you feel very strongly about, now you know that that's what they're doing to you. And they're not doing it most of the time. I would honestly say they're not doing it on purpose. They think that it is their duty to correct to correct whatever choice, decision, and behavior you're currently experiencing. Because they really do firmly believe in their mind that the way that they're doing things, their behavior, and their experiences are the best way. And they might be, but they might not be. I am merely bringing Spellcaster to your attention so you can take a step back and ask yourself what their motivation might be for cajoling you toward a certain direction. When I get on this microphone and I start talking about all the stuff that I've listened to and read, and I mean, again, my notes are from like six different places. I took like six different ideas I got from different podcasts, different books, different blogs I've read, and I combined it all into this episode. You have to ask yourself, what's Jesse's motivation here? Is it nefarious? Does he want us to somehow become Jesse Jesse drones? You know, become from sobriety to recovery drones where I just, you just go around mumbling my name all the time? No, that I do not want a zombie army. That sounds like a lot of responsibility, and I don't have the time for it. <laughs> My motivation is to be of service, to just introduce you to new ways of thinking that you can now incorporate into your journey and into your addiction recovery. What you choose to do with them from here is all up to you. That goes into your brain. That goes into your pot of stew of life experiences. You are now at effect. You know why things are happening to you, and you take responsibility for them. You are no longer at cause. You are making your choices. You are the one in power. You already have decided whether you are going to quit or continue, stay, or go. 
You follow the path you decided. Do not let a spellcaster or anyone else come around you and tell you otherwise. If you fall flat on your face and have to get back up and you have to start all over again, hey, you did it a thousand times when you were a kid. You busted your lip. You banged your head on a table trying to learn to walk. And you know what? You got up and you kept going. If you didn't, if other people didn't, we would be a world full of people crawling around on our hands and knees like Ivar the Boneless from Vikings. You are in charge. You make the choices. You're the one who looks in the mirror. Do you want to say to yourself when you look in the mirror, my God, I love that person? Or do you want to have that person look back, looking back at you disgust you? You know who you want to look, who you want to see looking back at you in the mirror. Now, you go make that happen. As always, Inclusivity over exclusivity, the power of positive energy, release and flow. I love you all. Have a happy Thanksgiving. Be amazing. Be the one who makes the change you want to see in the world. I love you all. Power of positive energy, release and flow. See you next week. Bye bye.